Hey folks, welcome to another interview-only episode of the FLW Podcast. Uh, Kyle and I are both going different directions this week, so I went ahead, I caught up with Clint Davis today on his drive, well, Tuesday on his drive back from Lake Wachita, back to Alabama. Um, So basically what we've got coming up is an interview with our new Forest Wood Cup champ. Uh, The audio quality leaves a little something to be desired just because he was driving, um, but there's some good info in there. Uh, it was a pretty fun tournament. We've got a whole bunch of coverage elsewhere. And uh, I am sure that Kyle and I will be back next week with a full-strength episode to uh, recap pretty much everything that went down. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, here's Clint. All right, and now we are joined by 2018 Forest Wood Cup champion Clint Davis. Uh, Clint, congratulations on the win, man, and thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jody. Thank you. Uh, it's just been a, a whirlwind week, man. It's, uh, it still hasn't really sunk in yet, but it's starting to. Um, I'm just, I'm blown away by all the support from everyone and just all, all the phone calls I've gotten, all the texts, emails, messages on Facebook, Instagram. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable what winning this thing actually brings you, brings to you. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't realize necessarily how big the cup is until you win it. Um, and like how much that can just, you've obviously you, we're going to talk about it, but your career almost went away, but like you have an established career already, but you can now take it to the next level or somebody who, you know, they fished a lot and, you know, maybe they never had a rap before or they just, you know, it can, depending on how you play it, you can go from, trying to make it to 100% made it, and you're good for a long time. Uh, and, like, it's it's a huge thing. It, it, it is. I've seen it. I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, this isn't, I guess it's 24 hours now. I don't know how long it's been, but I, I already see it. I already see the value of it. I see it. You know, I, I don't know what all is going to come from it, but I, I do know it's going to be huge. Well, I guess let's – uh. I want to go ahead and I want to ask, because you came from 10th to 1st on the final day to win the thing. Tell me about, like, just running down the lake that morning. Um, Did you think you had any chance to win it? I mean, I know it was pretty tight, but 10th place to 1st place has never happened before. Yeah, I knew I I had a chance. Uh, I didn't think it was that great of a chance, but I, I fished so poorly throughout the week losing fish. I knew that if everything lined up, and I got those bites, but I got on day two, put them in the boat, that there was definitely a chance. I was at least going to make it to where, you know, those guys couldn't land with eight or nine pounds. They were going to have to catch, you know. I, the way I saw it, I had a chance at 14 pounds. I didn't know I had a chance at 18 pounds, but I thought, yeah, I could catch 14 or 15, and they didn't at least have to catch 10, you know, 10 pounds. And uh, I don't think I would have caught that if I went out in the top five. I mean, I really don't. I think going out, you know, inside out at number ten, just relaxed us and see, knowing it was my last professional tournament of 2018, and just just going to have fun. You know, uh, just I mean, heck, man, it's top ten day in the Forest Cup. How much greater could it be? 
Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you, you know, you only make so many forest wood cups. You don't all. When you make them, there's no guarantee you're going to be fishing the final day, uh, unless you're Brandon Cobb. Apparently, uh, he seems to do that every time. Um, but like, it it's so cool how it happened. Um, as far as like how you were catching your fish this week, I think you know people have watched you on live. They've seen highlights. They've probably read stuff. But can you just kind of walk us through a little bit what your pattern was? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was all all brush miles. That's all I did the whole event. And um, again, I I had a rotation of a swim bait, a hollow belly swim bait, um, and the big worm, as well as a, a top water. You know, I had it there because it, at least twice, three times every day, I, I would have one come up school and around the brush. And um, that, that was my rotation. Usually I pulled in, firing the swim bait first, and then I, you know, I'd go to the bottom with the worm. But the final day, I pretty much pulled in with the worm because, I, you know, I lost someone on the swim bait. And the, the, you have to have wind to make the bottom swim bait. The worm, the worm was the guaranteed ticket for a better quality fish. So it was, you know, the final day, it was all about that big worm. Um, what, what worm were you throwing? Like, what were you throwing it on? And like, just, yes. I know, you know, worms are kind of, it's not an uncommon, uh, brush pile bait, yeah. but like, walk me through it a little. So, so this worm I threw, Mr. Twister bag buzz worm, this worm won me the course of no doubt in my mind. Uh, everybody that was fishing worms were throwing ribbon tails, and this one's different. It's got that, that speed worm tail. But it's completely different from a speed worm, as in all the speed worms on the market have a fat body like a Seiko. And the only thing that really kicks is just the end of the tail. But this one is so slender, and that thing's falling, man. It just goes crazy through the water column. And those bass teams stand it. I mean, this isn't the first tournament that that this worm won. Uh, there's, there's more throughout the country. A lot of major lower-level tournaments here in the last few years especially out in, you know, Texas, um, that area, Arkansas, Louisiana, on that worm, that, uh, you know, honestly, the guys haven't talked about it because they want to keep it to themselves so they can keep making more money. But it, that worm 100% won me the forest wood cup. It, it was a difference maker. It, it's different, and it gets bit when a regular uh, ribbon tail won't. All righty. And then you were fishing it, like, on a wobblehead, right? Is that kind of your go-to in the uh, in brush? It is, man. A, a Texas rig worm by no means, it's not even close how much better that wobblehead comes through brush compared to a straight Texas rig worm. Hmm. That's, that's kind of uh, cool. Yeah, it, it actually works itself through brush. A Texas rig worm will push into something and next thing you know it's pushed down on the worm and you're hooked out and you're stuck in the tree. Man. I mean, I've done it all week. I, I don't even know if I got hung up. If I did, it was once or twice. I mean, I, I, and I, I landed on the piles every time and, you know, drug it right to them. And just, uh, that's, that is the only head to throw in brush by far, 100%. Back in pre-practice, I talked to you, and you basically you kind of said, I don't know that you can win it out of brush anymore because everybody can fish brush so much better now. You know, like Scott Martin won it out of brush, and, he was sort of leading the forefront of fishing offshore really effectively then. Um, back in, uh, I guess, 2011. N- were you saying that to just throw people off the trail? Uh, 
or did you or did really something develop during the tournament that allowed you to uh, to win off brush because you really prepared for fishing offshore from the sounds of it um I was just saying not to say that I was <laughs> 110% man I was going to fish brush and, and when I was there for free practice the first day I was there man it was I had 18 pounds out of brush and I didn't even know where I was going it, it got tougher but they were in that brush and the water was falling um and that's where they wanted to be the thermocline was still you know doing very very good sitting down there and you know nothing has started turning over and they were in it I, I knew all right i like it did you ever fish shallow at all in the tournament like did you ever go so, go to the bank no i did one day of practice man and i just realized this is what it works like i it's hard for me to run down the bank and throw it a rock bank because there's really nothing on that's just that's not how i roll i mean yeah i've done very well in tournaments doing it but this time of the year I'm going to be offshore. Yeah, there's a lot of guys who have caught them, you know, good in the cup, fishing the bank like that, and had you know top tens and stuff like. That's definitely a way to do it. But man, it doesn't, it doesn't look at all good. Like, if you are in there and you're looking at those banks, like, there's not like a bunch of grass under the water. There, the amount of actual cover is pretty sparse, and like all those fish are kind of just cruising around. It seems like, like, I don't. It doesn't look good, but. It works. Apparently, not good enough, though. Yeah, for, for me, that's chunking and wishing is what I call it. I need fish and brush that I all day long. Ninety-nine out of a hundred casts were, were going to a productive area that I, you know, it, it was a target fishing deal and it was so tough that I knew that I had to put my bait in a good area every single cast all day long in order to have a chance. So hard to get by. To me, that bank deal—it wasn't going to happen. So, back uh, last fall, last winter, really, after the season was over, you um, you were about to hang it up and quit fishing. Can you can you tell me about that? I mean, did you? Yeah. Did you think you were done forever? Did you think you were done for a while? What was it like? So I, I was ready to walk away. I was. I I was burned out, man. Like I know. It's, weird to hear somebody say, hey, I hated bass fishing. I did. And, and it wasn't from failure. It was from just the repetition of doing it every day. I had done that to myself. When the, when I would come home from tour event, I'd go fish jackpot trips. I would go fishing every single day. And that's all I knew, all I'd done my whole life. And I, I finally hit a wall. And I I said, look, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm done fishing. I'm, I'm done doing this for a living. I've taken all the fun out of it. I've taken something I've worked for my whole life. The, the purest thing there is bass fishing. I've taken it and I've turned it into something that I hated. And I I was done. I sold everything. Um, I was 100% positive. I was about to uh, take my resume to Alabama Power Company and uh, apply for a job. And Bill called me a few times, you know. And he was checking on me. He wasn't asking checking. I mean, Bill, Bill's always, you know, been good to me and talked to me ever since I started. And and it kept going and kept going. And uh, Bill finally called me in November and said, you know, if, if you want to do this, you, you, you've got to get a sponsor exemption. And of course, Evander gave me the exemption. And um, it just, you know, I said, look, 
I needed, I guess I needed to do it. I needed to at least pay my deposit and, and see. And, you know, if I'm not ready to go, then maybe they'll let me have them back. If, you know, if not, it is what it is. And, uh, man, I started itching. I really started itching around Christmas just thinking about it, looking at the schedule and stuff. And, and by the time the season started, man, I was like a little kid ready to go fishing again. And, and I have been every single day this year. Uh, no matter how hard the grind was, no matter what the weather was, it's just it's been fun, and that's what it's got to be. You got to be fired up, go catch bass. I I know that sounds crazy, but over time doing it for a year, that that fire seems to burn out. But I, I know I've got a system now. I, I'm done with tournaments for the year. I'm I'm headed to the house. I'm going to get my bow and arrow out, and uh, we're going to get ready for deer season, dove season, and uh, I'll do a little fun fishing, but. I won't do it every day like I have for the last, I guess I can say 32 years of my life since I was in a diaper. So it's uh, it just, I, I've got to take a break and recharge. Every 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 professional and whatever sport it is, they all do it. And it's time for me to start doing that every year. All right. I, I like that. When you picked up a rod this last winter, you know, back when, back down in Florida or wherever, did, uh, did you have to like, relearn anything or you ever sitting there like man how do i do how do i tie this knot again or or does it just pick right back up where you left off and you're just good to go it's right where you left off it's it's not rusty you you know i guess you don't you do something so much throughout your life it's like second nature i mean you pick it right up tie it up skip under a dock whatever it's not like it goes away all right. Well, that's that's good to know. It definitely uh, that's what you want. You don't want to have to just work up to perfection and then finally get it set in August. I mean, it worked out great for you, obviously, but you know that's not. You know, you really you really want to catch them all year, which uh, I mean, you pretty much did. Like you had a really good season this year, regardless of how the cup worked out, which is which is real cool. Um, it was a great. Okeechobee okay, kicked my tail. Okeechobee kicked my tail every year. <laughs> uh, I don't get along with Florida, so you know I'll I'll spend a little time down at Soho for next year, just trying to get better at it. And I think Florida is my biggest weakness, and I, I don't understand why because I, I understand it's a natural deal. I mean, there's really no contours or nothing. But dude, I fished Lay Lake my whole life. I, the first thing I ever learned how to fish was grass, and then I'm not fishing contours there either. I'm looking at you know the, the right vegetation that. You know that looks like it holds fish, and it's no different in Florida. Have you, uh, have you like looked at the schedule or thought about the schedule much besides, I guess, Toho next year? Like, what do you do? You like it? Do you not like it? What's your uh, What's your vibe? I think it's going to be an absolute bloodfest of Cherokee. Uh, Cherokee will be a grinder, but the rest of it, man, the, the dates and times that you have us going, other than Sam Raven, Sam Raven should be a bloodfest, but. That time of the year, it's still winter and cold front. Anything can happen and really kill that bite. But it's not. It's you know, if we get stable weather there, it's yeah, it's dude. It's like the dream schedule. It, it really is. No matter how I do it, those lakes. Anybody that looks at that schedule and says they don't like it, out of their mind because it's, it's the dream schedule of going just just to catch fish. I mean, guys are going to catch fish in all the places. Yeah, no matter what, you're gonna see a lot of uh, a lot of fish. You're gonna see a lot of big fish, uh, which should be pretty fun. Um, no doubt, everybody likes big fish. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Uh, so when you when you actually were on stage and you know they they handed you the trophy or like what what was it like like what can you try and describe that moment a little bit? My mom went blank. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. I, had to, I actually went back and watched last night and see who I saw, who I thanked, and who I forgot to thank, man. I, your mind goes blank. It's, it's like I put every ounce of energy into this my whole life, and it just happened. You don't know. You're speechless, man. You have no clue what to say. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, I mean, it's awesome, but yeah, you Huh. That's I think that's what I hear from almost everybody cuz like nobody's really nobody's really prepared to win the Forestwood Cup. Even I mean maybe if you led like every single day and you just knew it was in the bag, you would sort of be able to like get your mind around it, but nobody's ever won it twice. You know, nobody's it, it seems like a thing where you just you're completely overwhelmed, which is real cool. That, I mean, that you that someone who's even fished as much as you can can still have that happen. Yeah, it's just, it's one big it's a big dream. I mean, that's what I feel like I was in a dream, 100. percent Seeing seeing Forrest Lewis walk up and give that speech, and after holding the cup and then handing me that check, it's like wow, man, this is crazy. I've, I've watched this, I've watched this deal happen ever since. Like I said, I you know I talked about Davey Hyde. I think it was '98. I don't even remember. That's that's my first memory though. That's 20 years ago, and I've seen I've seen Forrest send that check off every single time, and it's, it's like wow, I'm in this dream now. That's pretty cool. Um, so Clint, you kind of came up. Uh, I mean, you came up through college fishing, uh, but you fish as a co angler some too. Like you've had a pretty, I don't know, you've had like a pretty gradual progress. Maybe not gradual, but like. You've taken, it seems like, about all the steps to fish as a tour pro and, you know, to to fish on this level. What do you, because of that, what do you think about not having co-anglers on tour next year? Because uh, you're kind of, I mean, you're the cup champ now, but you're also uniquely positioned to have thought about that a little. Man, I, I tell you, I, I, I don't know which way to say it. We don't need co-anglers. I was a co-angler. Bad feeling when you got a guy in the back of the boat catching your fish that you worked so hard to find. And at this level, you don't need it yet. So there has to be co anglers. Anybody that doesn't fish co angler coming up is, is giving out on a step for the most part. So there's so much to learn in the back of a bad boat. Uh, I did it my whole life coming up. I got in the boat with as many people as I could in one fishing. That's that's how you learn, man. People teach you. You got to be taught. You, you can self-learn. You can always self-learn so much. Uh, but, but yeah, at this level, man, you know, Robbie, Robbie Frazier, um, I met him this year. Um, one of my best friends traveled with me, practiced with me as a co-angler. And I'm going to miss having him next year. I mean, no doubt he helped me out in practice without a doubt. I mean, it, you know, it's Robbie. I need you to be part of this while I'm doing that. But there's no...
versus the fish, not you versus your co-angler and the fish. Yeah, I I mean, I obviously I agree with that, and I think that I think you're right that, that even even if you can't fish as a you know as a co-angler on tour anymore, man, it's really smart to fish that step as a co-angler at a lower level. Uh, maybe it's not the BFLs, maybe it is, but definitely like the Costas, what or the Opens, you know, that AAA level is invaluable. Uh, even even though it's not you know the top level FLW tour. Which that's off off the table anymore. So I think I think that's well said, man. And I mean, you're not gonna make everybody happy, but like I think that that's kind of the way it's got to be. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's, it's how it should be. It's how it should have been a long time ago, but it's finally happened now. And it's past us, and you know, it's 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 being done the right way. I mean, I, I really there's nothing else to be said about it. Um, I guess uh, other than you know doing some bow hunting, what's uh, what's on your docket post cup here? You know you've got. I'm sure you're going to have a lot more phone calls with people and maybe some TV or something. But are you going to uh, are you going to take a vacation? Are you going to do anything to reward yourself here special? Um, you know I'll probably have some friends over this week. Nothing big. Um, my wife she wants to take a little vacation. I'll be more than happy to take her, but. Honestly, I'm on the road so much from from January to August that my vacation is actually just being at home, man. I mean, it's like this is this is my job, but it's also one big vacation throughout the year. Just get to travel and see all the places across the country. So yeah, it'll be you know a lot of time at home, watching Alabama on Saturdays, hanging out with my little girl, my wife, my family, and yeah, doing a lot of deer hunting. Is Alabama going to be good this year? <laughs> don't be good don't be good until Nick Saban leaves it's, uh, I grew up in the dark days of Alabama football as a kid I was a fan when they were terrible so it's uh, it's been an awesome experience to watch every year since 2008 so for the last 10 years well I guess uh, enjoy it while you can probably for quite a while um, man uh, I think that'll about do it thank you so much for taking the time to come on um, folks, if you want to find more Clint Davis, well, you can pretty much anywhere. But Clint, you're on uh, you're on Instagram and Facebook and all that jazz, correct? I am. I'm, I'm on all of them. I, uh, just search me, Clint Davis. Clint with an E, C O E N T. Yeah, I'll, not not Clint, not Clint. <laughs> That's key. That's it. Oh, all right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And again, dude, congratulations on the win. Uh, it's phenomenal stuff. And that final day was amazing.